messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Was that good? No. It was incredible. Oh. Lee Bad. (laughs) My name is Andrew Walsh. The woman laughing across from me is Genevieve Has. It always gets you, doesn't it? I love it. I love being surprised by it. I sometimes I pick out the shit like this, but and then and I still make my laugh self laugh sometimes. <laughs> but when you do it, I always really enjoy it. I always try to slug it in a way that you won't like on the show sheet. I always try to give the tape a name so that you won't know what's coming because it, it it does feel like a little victory to me when you laugh at the uh, drop at the top of the show. Today on the show, even though I've been doing none of this myself so far in the past sixty seconds or so, we are going to be rhyming on the show today. I meant to like kind of come up with a clever little rhyming couplet or something to introduce the concept of today's show. I failed. Yeah. Like a bale of hay. I know. Ah, There's nothing like ah, when it's terrible. I feel like, you know, we it's kind of like natural and easy to rhyme sometimes in life, you know, like Mm -hmm. you something occurs to you. But when you're on the spot, at least when I'm on mm-hmm. the spot and I have to like do a pun or do a rhyme or any kind of wordplay mm-hmm. really like on demand, I just my brain just turns into like the the bird drinking water. Like I can't mm-hmm. think of anything. Well, actually, the bird drinking water actually gets its job done, sort of. Well, right? then not that. <laughs> when I try then to, the opposite of that. I, I don't to, know. What's the opposite I, of bird drinking water? When I try to come up with an analogy, with an, an analogy, did I say that funny? Okay, I already feel like I'm too slappy to continue that line of thought. Here's what I meant to say. My name is Andrew, and I'm here to say... <laughs> Today we're going to rhyme in a major way. We are going to be talking about the concept of rhyming in commercials. Now, Genevieve, you had last night as you were sort of contemplating this topic, you had come up with some. Um, I thought I was being helpful. Catchphrase, yeah, they are like slogans. Yeah. Like, what were some of them? Like, um, um, give a hoot, don't pollute. Give a hoot, don't pollute. Good catchphrase. Timex takes a lickin'. Keeps, keeps on, on operating. <laughs> Well, I wanted to. Those are those are all good, but I, I think I was looking for commercials today that include rhyming throughout the entire commercial. Yeah. In fact, um, that's a de- higher degree of difficulty that I was not up for today, given my schedule. I actually had a lot of fun putting this together, and I found a great um, actual research paper related to this okay. topic, like rhyming in advertising and rhyming to get your point across. And the name of the paper is amazing. I can't wait to tell you about it. Also, we will welcome back the the gr- the grand return of With Love From Me To YouTube. I have a commercial from the uh, mid-1990s starring Andre Agassi that I'm very confused about. Okay. I watched it a bunch today. It's only 15 seconds long. My initial thesis is so bad. You're going to laugh me out of the room when I tell you what I thought at first. But I want to see if you can explain this commercial to me. I, I hope I can. And we will check in with the I hope it doesn't require council. any specialized knowledge of tennis. Uh, nope. Okay. It's for a camera. Do you have any specialized knowledge of cameras and that's not more than you so um no the confusing thing is what's going on in the commercial and you are a commercial uh 
expert. Uh, also, we'll check in with the Ad Council really briefly please. today. Enthusiasts, sorry. Yeah, don't label us experts. <laughs> Remember when we were actually on public radio one time, KCRW in Los Angeles, my old yep. talk show invited us back as guests. Yeah, after we taught them lesson. their lesson. And they to talk about the commercials leading up to the Super Bowl in like, what, 2017 something or something like that. Like that. Yeah. They never asked us back. They did In fact, not. there was a fill-in host that week. I believe it was Barbara Right, Bo Gave, who interviewed us. I don't think I'm sure Madeline, Madeline got back from Madeline vacation. It <laughs> was like, what did you guys do to my nerver? But we'll check in with the ad council. Um, listener Brian had an astute observation about the therapist in the um, Goodfinger, Goodfinger, Butterfinger, Butterfinger commercial that I played last week. You can tell. I can already tell from the mistakes and flubs that I've made in this intro <laughs> that like today is going to be... Goodfinger is like a, a villain from an Austin yeah. Powers movie. Goodfinger. <laughs> anyway, let's start at the beginning. If it rhymes, it chimes. Hallucinate to segregate. Mediate, alleviate. Try not to hate. Love your mate, don't suffocate. On your hate, designate your lover's fate. I hate to say it. <laughs> Let's see this song today. This song to me, like, and this video especially that went along with it, was the epitome of cool when uh-huh. I was a young person. This song is so stupid. No, I love it. <laughs> I do too, and I love the sound of it. But like, you, if, when you actually pay attention to the lyrics, they're just rhyming, and the rhymes are such a stretch, and they're trying to be somewhat profound in it as well, and the profundity falls short I would say I mean I think that was a sort of an occupational hazard for new wave yeah just the, the sense of like being profound yeah I don't think you should take it too seriously I think actually a lot of those new wave bands had a sense of humor about it the video is the video stands up you know this is the one where they kind of pay homage to the um, Bob Dylan right. video where he's like the flipping signs. the cards with yeah. the lyrics on it only like all of the band members are sort of doing it but they do it in a very industrial like out like outside in a very industrial area there's just like like big dump trucks driving around yeah. occasionally behind them good stuff yeah it's great great video so i told you i actually stumbled on an actual honest to god research paper regarding rhyming and getting your message across according to a paper by researchers at lafayette college back in 2000 so this is kind of old um rhymes don't just help us remember things that would be sort of obvious right like right. it's gets stuck in your head, but it actually helps us believe things. Um, I was reading a Gizmodo article that looked at this study along with another study, and I'm going to read directly from Gizmodo uh, for a second here. We are more likely to believe a message when it's put in the form of a rhyme. It's called the rhyme as reason effect. And it's shown to be effective as a persuasive technique and a sales technique. A group of researchers showed volunteers archaic rhyming aphorisms. They had a quick aside here. They had to be archaic because if they were if they were aphorisms that were already familiar to the subjects, that would make the research unbalanced, right? Because we also have affinity to things we've heard before, yeah. right? So they they took some some old aphorisms like what sobriety conceals, alcohol reveals. And the alternate phrase, True story. what sobriety conceals, alcohol unmasks. And the researchers found that people didn't just remember the one that rhymes more, they believed it more. They found those rhyming statements to be more true and trustworthy. It's so weird. I know that I know that those are synonymous sayings, 
but they're right. Like when it, when yeah. somebody, when it rhymes, you're like it chimes. Well, it feels when it rhymes, it chimes. That's a line. For, you're going to hear that a lot today. It's a line from Veep that Veeps and I say all the time. It yeah. barely makes sense in the context but, of the show. But the point that the speaker yeah. is making is that um, people do. Uh, buy into the idea that it's a joke is that they call Selena Meyer the vice president uh, or maybe president at the time Meyer the liar uh-huh. and she says do people really believe I'm a liar and Dan says if it rhymes, it rhymes it chimes. at times yeah but I mean it's silly and it's a it's a dorky line but like that's exactly the point that this um, study is making and it's weird because I feel it myself. There's something mm-hmm. that feels inevitable in a way about something that rhymes like that. Now, I don't know if you looked ahead here. I hope you didn't. But did you happen to see what the name of this paper was from these researchers no. at Lafayette College? They named their paper Birds of a Feather Flock Conjointly. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my bell? I used to have a bell. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, who says researchers are humorless? Actually, does anybody say that? Did I just make that up? Um, I mean, I think you probably could find somebody making that argument. I was trying to put that into a rhyme to see if I can make it more, uh, if I can make it hold up under scrutiny more. Uh, the first commercial that I want to play for you today that uh, employs a rhyming mechanism st- is from 2004 and stars Megan Mullally. And it also stars those annoying M&M's creatures that we hate so much. But... Um, On this show, we try to describe what we're seeing on the screen as much as possible, of course, and we describe the people in there. I try to be somewhat objective when describing people, and certainly I try not to objectify people or objectify women, but may I just say... (laughs) Brace yourselves. Megan Mullally. Yeah. Va-va-voom. Well, that's her whole brand. I mean, this is this commercial if, screams if, va-va-voom. If you didn't say that, it would be like an affront to her, I think. <laughs> that's what I thought I'd be safe. I, would, I thought I'd be safe saying that to you. But yeah, no, she is. It's 2004, Megan Mullally. And she is um, singing a bunch of songs in various scenes that really accentuate the color that she is singing about. Okay. okay. And then there's always an M&M of that color represented in that scene. So I think the first one is red and she's wearing like kind of a she in a lot of these she's wearing sort of gowns like performance gowns. I don't is that a word performance gowns? You know what I mean? She's like doing a song and dance number on sure. red steps with red heels and some sort of a red gown on and she's singing about red and then she's in a, a field full of yellow flowers and singing about yellow and then she's like kind of in some sort of cabaret-esque looking green outfit and the sets are all the color so it's like her outfit matches the M&M matches the sets it's actually something uh, I I think it's very visually stunning va-va-voom aside Um, and then you'll sort of hear in the song where this goes Nothing rhymes with orange. I still get paid, right? <gasps> Chocolate is better than color. That was the Eminem who still wants to get paid. I mean, for as much as I loathe these commercials with M&Ms, Megan Mullally can really save almost anything, can't she? She really can. That's a great commercial. It is, and I think that it's it it gets back to what we always talk about with the M&Ms, which is like the tactile and visual sense of them. Like they're such a cool. They mm-hmm. are like a they're a visually appealing candy. Like, they should lean into the visual appeal, and they sort of start to do that here, but they still lean on these characters. 
Did I run this by you, possibly even on this show, but a podcast that I listen to way too much, not one that I produce, claims that all of the Fruit Loops are the same flavor, no matter what color they are? Oh, um, you have not run that by me. I'm. What not... do you make of that? Well, I am not a Fruit Loop expert. I never ate them as a kid. I don't really even care for them as an adult. Um, there's something about the whatever that sweet, sickly fruit flavor is. I like some sweet cereals, but not that one. I mm-hmm. think it's the, the fruitness of it that I don't like. So I really couldn't tell you if like, because I, I, I've never even, I don't know if I've ever eaten a whole bowl of Fruit Loops. Um, let's see here. According to a very, very brief internet search, Time Magazine says we've been misled. Uh, we think that they're lime, orange, grape, lemon, and cherry, and strawberry. And when in fact, they're all the same flavor. That flavor, fruit. <laughs> F-R-O-O-T. According to Wikipedia. That's the flavor, that's, that, that, that makes me feel a little nauseous is the fruit flavor. Now, I haven't had it in years fruit. and years and years. But we were not allowed to eat sugar cereal much as a kid. But when we were on vacation, we'd buy one of those, like, you know, assortment packs. Welcome of to mini- the club, baby. Exactly. And so Fruit Loops would be the first one that I would go oh. for. See, for me, as as a, as testified to by our own pantry right now, Cocoa Krispies. Oh, that's right. There are some in there. I had yeah. some sugar-free uh, cornflakes today. Although I don't think cornflakes are all that good for you either. You know, like growing no. up, it's like no sugar cereal. I'm like, what did I eat for breakfast? Corn. That's what we learn as adults <laughs> is like, you know, it's the sugar's bad, but so are the carbs that are just, sure. the, just the flake or the check or whatever. Although I do... While I'll enjoy the occasional sugar cereal, I think I prefer a non-sugar cereal. Like I just don't need that sweet stickiness in yeah, my no, cereal. Yeah, no, I, I love a like I if I you know had carbs for breakfast anymore, which I don't. Uh, I'd love a bowl of Chex Mix. Chex or Mix. Or Chex Mix. Chex Or Chex, cereal. really. Yeah. Um, I like Crispex, maybe mm-hmm. even slightly more than than um, Chex. I like. But how you doing on a Cheerio? I like a Cheerio. That's like usually Cheerio. my kind of go-to. And regular keep, Cheerios or Honey Nut? Regular. Yeah. Regular. I'll ha- I used to eat Honey Nut at a workplace where they had a little mini mart downstairs and all they had was Honey Nut. But I'll take a regular a regular, you a know, regular cheer- Cheerio. A regular Cheerio. <laughs> the next summer, I guess we should kind of keep moving here. Otherwise, this will go on forever. I actually have quite a, I have quite a few more examples than I thought I'd come up with well, of rhyming. Well, I actually did want to ask you something about rhyming, mm-hmm. which is... That was a that was a commercial done in song, of yeah. course, and the, several of these will, but not all of them. Okay, because I was thinking, like, basically any almost any commercial that has a jingle in it is going to involve some amount of rhyming. Mm, not, I would disagree with that. A lot of songs, believe it or not, do not rhyme. Hmm. Okay. Honestly, like that would was very specific, that, and and again, rhymes with the orange point of it was joke. nothing yeah. rhymes with orange, and so yeah. same with this one here. This is not a song, but uh, this has Molly Shannon in it, who is somebody who I kind of, I mean, I don't equate with Megan Mullally, but sort of like women of a certain generation who make me Comedians, laugh in a similar way. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't. If know. you're not watching the other two, get on it. Oh, that's right. She's I've watched so parts of the first season. It's she's so good. They're all. So good with Chase Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this is for Lending Tree. I'd never seen this before, but you see Molly Shannon and she's walking into a diner and she's kind of doing a, a walk and talk, kind of a fast paced walk and talk with the diner server, uh, another woman, and uh, they speak mostly in rhyme. 
So, Brenda, did you get your car fixed after you fender bended? Oh, no, not yet, Linda. I'm still looking for a Lenza. You know, with Lending Tree, I didn't have to look for Lenders. The Lenders came to Linda. The Lenders came to Linda? Hmm? Lending Tree found Linda all kind of personal loan lenders. I thought you had to be a big spender to get that kind of legal tender. Nah, they got a contender for nearly any agenda. Thanks, Linda. I surrender. I'm gonna find a Lenza. Good. You know, I'd love a cup of coffee. Too Splenda. I remember. I'm surprised they use a real brand name. Like, Splenda's a brand, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that they can just throw another brand name into their commercial. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess they must have gotten permission because it rhymes. Um, I, I feel like you and me in the ad council should keep an eye out. If you want to watch this commercial, you'll find the link in your show notes or on the Facebook page. Um, this diner, this, like, coffee shop diner that you see in this commercial, I'll bet you this set is used for so many commercials. Doesn't this look like the same diner where people were saying, um, what was the Super Bowl commercial with Pepsi? Oh, Cardi B. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Yes, exactly. This looks like a very, I mean, again, it's a classic looking long diner with a diner yeah. counter with the you know, leather booth. It's so but like, it's, it's such so an iconic. LA look yeah. that I it feels like when we've been in in LA. Yeah. But, but there are a number in LA that do look pretty much exactly like that. And I wonder if there's one or two around that don't have to like reopen. You know what I mean? That they just keep as, as a set. set yeah. You know. In fact, I think I used to pass one all the time in LA, and somebody said that's where some interior shots of Seinfeld were shot. Although I kind of doubt that was Seinfeld ever shot in LA I don't think that that makes sense did they ever go to LA I feel like Kramer I feel like there was one LA uh, episode um I'm pretty sure there was but yeah like it'd be funny to think of Seinfeld being in like such an LA iconic yeah. LA scene as that this. doesn't make sense but there For was definitely York show. there was some diner that looked so appealing from the outside and it seemed like exactly my kind of diner that was like kind of from you know designed during this kind of classic era but it was always closed, and it was my understanding that it was only for yeah. sets, you know. Um, so that was the uh, probably a better way to commercial. make money than flipping eggs and bacon. Genevieve, speaking of va-va-vooms, I came across a rhyming commercial for McDonald's with, I believe, one of your boyfriends in it. This stars a fella who's uh, standing in front of a plain white you background. Max Greenfield is one of my boyfriends? So you recognize him immediately. Max Greenfield, isn't he one of your boyfriends from The Good Place? Don't you have a crush on him? Or is it a different guy on The Good Place that you have a crush on? You are... Not The Good Place. Wildly I'm sorry. Off good the girl. Map. Good yeah. girl. Good girl. Nope. Still not there. The girl the girl yeah uh, sort of wait the new girl the new girl nope just new girl oh, that's what i said uh yeah no i mean i like new girl a lot i'm a big fan of the show um but if i have a boyfriend on it it's uh jake it's, it's it's not this guy it's not this okay guy. they kind of look he alike to me Boy, they're so different. I have a lot of face blindness, as you're going to see when we <laughs> and get body to the... type blindness. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna. This face blindness is going to come up again later in the show. I promise you. When I need help with an Andre Agassi commercial. Okay. Anyway, so this is so you know this guy though. He's Max Greenfield. That's his name, and he's from probably is he best known from New Girl slash The Good Place. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not in The Good Place. He's not in The Good Place. He is probably best known from New Girl, although he has a show called. Where he's with, I think it's with Cedric the Entertainer. I think that's right. Um, 
where he plays like the white neighbor to a black family and it's kind of like culture clash and oh i've never called... seen the commercials for there look terrible the the hood or the neighborhood the or neighborhood yeah, or yeah. something like that yeah I'm, i've never seen it so i'm blanking a little bit on the details but it looks so bad it, it was like one of those look... abc family drama or family comedies or yeah, something that was advertised it, during football games it didn't look like a great show to me i've never really heard much buzz about it it's a little yeah it's like a little bit off of anything that i would be probably hearing about but i'm actually giving like traditional sitcoms a, a little bit more leeway lately because i'm enjoying grand crew so much oh and that's a very yeah straightforward sitcom see i don't know if we have time to get into all this i thought you were going to say something different that i was going to be very shocked by because you're also watching that really dark show Kevin can fuck himself Kevin can fuck himself which also is sort of a send up a very dark send up if I understand it correctly you're watching it not me of the sit the you know three camera sitcom trope specifically it's a send up of the the kinds of shows that um while uh Kevin James stars mm -hmm. in um where there's a an oafish husband and a nagging mommy wife and it it really interrogates like in this awesome i think way it only had two seasons i don't think it did very well but it interrogates like what would it be like for a person if that was real like if that was if that was a woman's real life where her husband is just this absolute toddler and he's just completely unabashedly unashamedly a horrible toddler who just like wreaks destruction on everything that he everywhere he goes and is never accountable and she has to be accountable and and the for it's a real kind of format buster because at times yes. you're watching it as if it's one of those classic sitcoms that's hard to watch the type of because shit you and bad. I would watch it's, it's but, then loves Raymond. but then it'll it's break that format sometimes and you see the people in real, in real life and... though too right and yeah then it breaks that so it does both anyway I was thinking about that today again for something that comes up later in the show so I'll maybe bring that up again later but anyway this is max greenfield this is not the guy from Stumptown, though right he's the other that's guy that's from... jake johnson okay. the other right. guy from new girl anyway Stumptown. what's it called it's called Stumptown. Oh, okay. that that for how did what, i get how did i get that one for right for whatever reason get... you are the one american person who's like i don't think you've even ever watched a whole episode i didn't but i just saw one Pop scene. quiz who's the other star of Stumptown? oh you oh i She's got a name. She's got a very interesting name. She's got a weird name. name, yeah. I said interesting. You said weird. I think it's weird. Um, and I can't remember what I would know her from before it, but you would have it on sometimes, and I just remember how corny it was because people are always saying, they're always referring to Portland as Stumptown. Right. Something I've never heard somebody casually do in real life conversation. And I even remember some episode you were watching where there was somebody in a band and she's on stage and she's like nobody rocks like stump town and i was like what are you guys trying to sell here what is the uh, colby colby sawyer Col kobe smolders but really kobe, close. for me yeah that's pretty damn good yeah i can't remember new girl all right max take it away look at the bacon on this bacon and cheese sirloin third pound burger you know what rhymes with bacon awaken Forsaken, Jamaican. There are other words too, but those are just the ones I like best. You better hurry up before they all get taken. 100%. I don't know why I like that so much, but him just saying there are other words too, but those are the ones I like best. It really makes me laugh. He's a charming guy. I he mean, really is. his character from New Girl was. Uh, 
redeemed by the end of the series, but was for the most part, like kind of like the, um, oh, like the, uh, Doogie Hauser was that, what that's, what's that actor's name? Um, you know, uh, you mean from Dr. Horrible Sing Along Block? Right. I can remember that. Neil Patrick Neil Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. I had to do that to get to Neil Patrick. You know how Neil Patrick Harris's <laughs> character on How I Met Your Mother was like a real, uh, like a womanizer and a selfish guy and a Yeah, a that's what this character's guy. like on that? I didn't know that. More or less. I would, oh. I would say different in some ways but like that's kind of the mold he fits mm-hmm. into he's he's like kind of the asshole of the group at the beginning yeah, and so he's doing a version not that he's an asshole in the mcdonald's commercial but he's doing a, a sort of a, just a smarminess to mm-hmm. his performance that is definitely like a reference to the character he plays on new girl you know that's funny as somebody who didn't watch new girl i didn't get smarmy from that commercial i got goofball like well, well a, there are other words too i just those are my favorites i could just like so throw away like dumb but there's a little guy. bit of a sort of a he's sort of winking at the camera mm. the whole time he's wearing a suit i should say he's kind of yeah. like he's kind of well dressed kind of in a suit kind of uh handsome guy i think um i don't know va va voom handsome but you know handsome enough um i played that drop at the top of the show from the corona advertisement where you have snoop dogg and andy samberg and they're chilling on the beach together and we i'm not going to play the long version of that because we've played it before we love the commercial so this the, the snoop dogg says something that is like kind of a rhyming cutlet and then a I believe he goes, I, bl- I believe if you're gonna what is wrong with me if you're gonna call him the it's the dog father <laughs> you're right and also if i'm gonna call it a rhyming cutlet that's something <laughs> that i'm gonna order at dinner tonight <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Snoop says something that's sort of rhyming, and then Andy Samberg, who's excited to be on the beach with the Snoop Dogg father, um, starts, like, rhyming and rapping all these things, and then Snoop sort of insults him. Um, this is a shorter version. This is the 15-second version. I don't think we've played this version before, and I just really wanted to include it. And a show about rhyming, this commercial is very heavy on rhyming. Here's the short version. A corona and palm trees. A corona and calm seas. And a bomb breeze. And our strong knees. It's Andy and Snoop. And we're eating Guam cheese. Guam cheese? Yeah, I don't know. I ran out of rhymes. <laughs> and the other one that goes longer is uh, it ends with him saying, I... I shouldn't have tried to rap, <laughs> which is a, <laughs> a great ending. Those two are great. I mean, Snoop is like a... He's like a... A perfect I don't know what it is but he he kind of goes with every flavor yes by the way did you and you know, of course he's a uh, empresario is that the right word at this point in his career a magnate he's got a mogul a mogul that's actually the word I was looking for I don't know if those are synonymous or not but thanks for getting there for me but do you know that he just bought a hockey team a Canadian I don't know if it was the Toronto team I don't know much about the NHL but Snoop and I think some other black investors specifically bought a hockey team and said something like you know something about like Serving our community or something mm-hmm. because traditionally hockey has been such a so, white sport. So with, white, but yeah. it feels like hockey's getting big. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's we probably have a little bit of a, a logical fallacy on that because we live in a town where our hockey team is literally like becoming good and famous. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels to us probably like hockey just generally is becoming more of an American uh, interest. But I, it feels also like that it could possibly be true more more broadly. And I, I'm glad to see um 
see the like the, the ownership and the uh, interests become more diverse because it has been a super white sport. I had just heard it mentioned on the radio a couple of times yesterday, which is why I sort of stumbled over what Snoop said about it. But I see that he wrote in all caps on Twitter. I want to bring hockey to our community. And there's some press releases going out that's saying that it's going to help um, bring urban communities closer to the sport, find ways to play it, you know, because it could also be I don't know for sure, but I would imagine with some of the equipment needs of that sport and sure. access, that would be one access that would to be, ice yeah, rinks. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, you know, Next up, dressage. <laughs> like I said a uh, little bit earlier, I, I'm not trying to lean too heavily on song or specifically rap in this show because obviously a lot of songs rhyme, rap tech, uh, traditionally rhymes. Um, but I did stumble I on like that. this. Rap traditionally rhymes. Yeah, I mean, it does. It doesn't have to, though. It's a rare rap that doesn't rhyme. Is that true in these days? Yeah, I yes. guess so. I mean, don't you think... I'm trying to think, like, does Kendrick always rhyme? I don't know. I mean, rhyme is like almost a synonym for rap. I know, but it's come a long way since the last time you listened to a rap record. The last time I listened to a rap record has been a while. <laughs> what was the last rap record you listened to? What was the last time you think you put on a hip hop record and listen to it like all the way through for me. And again, I'm not going for cool credits here because this isn't necessarily cool, but like for me, like I, I will put on a De La Soul record from time to time or something like sure. that. Like, you know, like I can't, I can't really see you. I guess you don't really listen to a lot of, I like, don't, I mean, when was the last the time through? I put on, um, on any album yeah, all the way through? That's true. I don't know. Only you can answer that. Yeah. I'll wait until next week for your answer. Uh, do some, uh, soul searching there, Vives. Um, and I want to play this commercial. Actually, when you type into Google, rhyming commercial <laughs> this is the first one that pops up I, yeah I did my research today uh, this is a commercial for Sprite and I'm going to put this I think I saw somebody put this around 1996 um, and it's uh, KRS-One and I want to say I don't. I honestly don't know if it's MC Shan or MC Sean I'm assuming it's MC Shan I'm unfamiliar with this other artist but another artist from that era of like kind of like the, the earlier days of hip hop and they are and this is what I think is somewhat interesting about this. They are having a rap battle in a boxing ring evocative of anything. <laughs> All right, fellas. No bottom below the belt. Sound the alarm and the put the put the bridge set spikes the palm. Blowing up the spot like I was nitro gliss. And who's supposed to knock me out position? Chris? So this is so evocative of the LL Cool J Mama Said Knock You Out, which probably came out, I don't know, if this is truly 1996, Mama Said Knock You Out, I think it was like probably 91 or maybe 92 at the latest or something. But okay. uh, but they're in a boxing ring. They're both like, um, you know, they're rapping into the microphone that is dangled from the ceiling somewhere, the old fashioned uh, boxing ring mic. Anyway, I do love the visuals on that. I do too, yeah. That's fun. Um, how about this? Oh, this was another. I guess MC Shan never uh, really broke through. No, I, you know, I was looking at MC Shan. I think that MC Shan and KRS One were already like kind of well established by 1996. Yeah, but KRS One is like everybody knows that. Everybody knows. Does that. everybody know KRS One? Do you know KRS One mainly because of his involvement in REM records? 
Not, say, not, not saying yes, not saying no. I feel like it I be, just, the point is that I know him, and whatever he was doing with his brand is, was reaching me, a white Atlanta suburbanite. At age like what, like fifteen, 15, when that probably yeah. came out. Uh, let's see. I think his name is. MC Who are Shan. we to criticize his artistic choices? Dude got famous. Um, oh, you know what? MC Shan is also known for collaborating with Snow on the song Informer. Okay, but we at and and that's a song that I'm familiar with, and yet I don't know his yeah, name. Yeah, no, that is a good point. I, you know, I guess maybe I did misread this. I sort of thought that he was more of a like kind of a maybe like a, a you know, I guess like a hip hop legend of sorts. But maybe I am totally wrong about that. Um, but KRS One, of course, uh, contributed so much to hip hop culture, mostly on Out of Time. <laughs> Is that the REM record he's on? I don't think it's out of time. I think it's the other one. I think it's the other one. It's one of the worst moments in REM and probably KRS One history, honestly. It is not. I appreciate them trying something new, but that was not like. (laughs) Your chocolate isn't my peanut butter as far as tasting good together. All right. I feel like. No? I mean, I'm not trying to celebrate it. You know, as a triumph of either hip hop or alt rock, but college rock or college rock. But I, I don't know that it like stands out to me as like embarrassing. I don't know. Maybe it's just my memory of it. So much of the stuff I listened to when I was younger, you'll be the first to tell me and anyone who will listen that I'm just a VH1 rocker. Well, no, I will tell. Oh yeah, I will tell you that you are a VH1 rocker only because it gets your goat so much. Um, It's so weird. You are so much smarter. And you know more about music than I do. No, you know, I do you, not. Yes, you do. You know more music than I do. You have a brain for remembering music better than I do. But for some reason, because, and this is one thing I actually don't like. I tease you about that stuff, but I don't like the fact that music is tied to coolness. And of course, I, you know, we all bought into that very much growing up, right? You, yeah. you choose your music and it's how you choose your people and it's how you, you dress in accordance to the scene that you feel like you belong to and music is all a part of that. And I don't know how much that is true with the youth of today, but like you get to a certain age and you're just like, you should just like what you like and sure, maybe share that preference with some other people, but also don't, but it's not like you're, you're not uncool if you like pop music. Like I could no more unbelieve that music is related to coolness than I could unbelieve that the sun rises in the East. So much of the stuff that I listened to that I that it still had, you know, like like I loved Sonic Youth, right? And Sonic yeah. Youth seems super, super cool to me. And so you're saying it is cool that I like the spin doctors in high school. Yes, it's fine. No, I'm not saying it's it's cool. I'm just saying it's eh, not I'm wrong. Saying it's not uncool. It Who cares? For sure was. Because like I go back and I listen to the like. you. So want, there's no band I could name. that You'd be like, <laughs> yep, not cool. I mean, some bands are cool. Some bands are. I, mean, I love Randy Newman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Still cool? Uh, no, of course. That's not even music. <laughs> oh, speaking of, R.I.P. Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, I know. Really sad. Yeah, it is. That is a, a bummer. That I stand by. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think people should like what they like. Uh, and when I tease you about being a VH1 rocker, it's only because I said that once when we were first dating. I probably did say it a little bit more seriously. And now I a do little sort of, bit more. Yes, I do. I do feel bad about that because I actually think you have a great musical brain. And just because I like some weird obscure shit that is totally cringy now. I always learn things about myself on the show like that I have a great musical brain and I have a I'm a natural engineer if we turn on did I say that like yes that? well I love you I'm biased I guess so do you remember the pink dress girl of course 
one of my I don't even know did I ever give the rant on the commercial or was it or on this podcast rather or were these commercials so you've, far in the rearview no, mirror? No, you've by talked the time? about it. But it was T-Mobile, right? Yeah. You know, every, all of the um, carriers, the cell carriers or network carriers, had their colors, and T-Mobile was represented by pink, and they had this whole campaign where we knew her name for a while. I don't think we do anymore, right? But. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sure I did, but I've forgotten it now. There were very simplistic commercials, plain white background, and then this spokeswoman in like a, a very cute but simple pink dress would come out and tell you about why T-Mobile is the best, right? Yep. Um, and to me, those commercials were cool because, A, as ha- has been discussed, I loved her dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, um, they, were, they were a tribute to minimalism it was like she popped so much because she was on a plain background but tv commercials i would say even tv shows and movie franchises can never remain true to minimalism the center the center does not hold the falcon cannot hear the falcon exactly and i think a good example of that even in literature um if that's not too high flute in a word to talk about stephen king would be um what was the man in black series i remember being you know, a much younger person. I didn't read the those Dark books. Tower the series, Dark Tower series. When I was old enough, I wasn't allowed to read them when I was little, but like when I was old enough to start reading Stephen King, so let's say maybe high school, maybe early college, whenever I read The Gunsling or whatever the first in yeah. that thing is, it's so, it's not like other Stephen King books. It's so stripped down. It's, it's very so spare. spare and minimal. Yeah. But then there's a sequel and a sequel and a sequel. And by the end, you have people throwing chickens through magic doors on a beach and a sasquatch <laughs> catches it and it's like a magic lady in a so wheelchair flies in like something of a gloss on them, oh but yes. my god I mean, and it just becomes like I think they, the part it, that, they lose what made them so great i think what becomes cringy about that series for me is when stephen king wrote himself and his car accident into it oh my god yeah i, I got out before then obviously but anyway um this is the pink dress woman for t-mobile after the Falcon stopped listening to the Falconer, <laughs> the center stopped holding. And this is when um, they put her on a motorcycle. And she's in one of those kind of crotch rockety motorcycles. And she's zipping around. I guess there's a little bit. Of, I think she's maybe still wearing like a pink motorcycle outfit or something as she as she careens through the roads around the country. One, two, Kalamazoo. Three, four, Jersey Shore. West Phoenix. I didn't like the, is it, um, Scansion there? West the West Phoenix. Phoenix, it seemed like a little bit of a stretch. 1,008, 1,009, Dallas, Denver, Anaheim, 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 35,023, Puget Sound, and Miami. The numbers that she is throwing out there are, I guess, the number of towers yeah, around they, they, the... the what you're seeing on the screen is 35,000 towers nationwide I don't I don't have anything really profound to say about that commercial but you can't deny that it rhymes you can't deny it rhymes <laughs> so there you go so include it we'll stay in the sort of musical realm here I don't think that was necessarily musical this one more so this is for DoorDash um, and I think it's called every flavor 
welcome. Fish roll, yeah. Risotto, buffalo, gelato, cheesecake, grilled steak, clam bake, milkshake, Brussels sprout, sauerkraut, fresh caught trout, alfalfa sprout, curry, fried turkey, McFlurry, catch turkey, chimichurri. Spiral ham, blackberry jam, rack of lamb, candy yams, pokies, smokies, gnocchis, and embankin' raviolis. We are America's Kitchen. DoorDash. Every flavor welcome. I gotta say, makes me hungry. God, it makes me hungry. A lot of, lot of great shots of food in that. Oh, man. Showing, showing me a piece of cake is, I feel like, dirty pool. I feel like Shouldn't I've be been eating too much sugar lately because... Earlier today, I saw a piece of cake in a commercial, and I really wanted cake. And I'm not somebody who ever craves sweets. Where are you getting sugar? We don't have any in the house. Well, don't we? Oh, you got your Charleston chews. Yes, I bought three Charleston chews. Yeah, that's why why you've been eating a lot of sugar. It was my Charleston chew-aversary on Friday. (laughs) Friday marked the one-year mark since the first time I tried a Charleston chew. And so I went back to the Chevron station on Friday afternoon and bought three more Charleston chews, one of each flavor, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. And um, I brought them home, and I've been eating them very late at night, sometimes with a knife. I told you the other night. Yeah, you just chopped it up it was very and ate it I, piece by piece. I was just picture here. I'll set the scene for you. It was, well, it was Friday night. Um, you were already in bed, I believe. I was standing in the kitchen, mostly probably in the dark, illuminated only by the light coming off of my tablet on which I was watching the TV show Batty. 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 Um, I had my headphones on, my Bluetooth headphones, uh, listening to the audio of Barry. Uh, and I'm like, I'm just going to cut a corner off of this Charleston chew and eat it. So I take one of our good Hankel knives and a little cutting board. I open up the Charleston chew, <laughs> cut a chunk off it, eat it. <laughs> Next thing you know, I've cut up the entire Charleston chew chunk by chunk and have eaten the entire thing standing next to the sink like any good dad. Yeah. My new map has some things to say about that kind of eating. Your new app? Yeah. It sounded like you said new map. My new weight loss app. What do they say that that's good to, to eat standing up very yeah. late at night? They said it's called like storm eating or uh, mindless eating. Candy doesn't count if you eat it with a knife. Do right. they say that? Yeah, like all these tricks we like play on ourselves and we're consuming calories that are mindless. Hey, salute to the people who came up with honey bunches of oats because I just think it's a wackadoo name for a cereal and they stuck with it all <laughs> they, these years you know what yeah, I mean? in for a penny in for a pound now were they also the ones who in the 80s when they burst out of the scenes had oh no no i'm thinking of nut and honey remember the mm, the, the yeah. campaign for that what you eat and nut, nut and honey, honey yeah, fine real... you're not going to tell me that was a great campaign Who's on first yeah right. yeah but honey bunches of oats is something that even though honey is right there in the name so is oats so i think this snuck under the door growing up i think we were allowed to eat some honey bunches of oats yeah and- honey was how a lot of cereal uh-huh. was, the, was the nose under the tent for a lot of uh families and parents i think with vis-a-vis cereal oh it's not sugar it's just honey it's just honey honey's natural not honey this is a commercial for tw- uh from 2018 for honey bunches of oats and i I might have this wrong, but I think it focuses on sort of like dads and their kids. And the first one, you'll hear sort of like three rhyming scenes. And the first, I think maybe in song, the first one is you see a uh, a fella, an adult man, and he's dressed up like a scout counselor or like, you know, a Boy Scout dad or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of scouts around the I table. Scout out. leaders. Scout leaders, exactly. Phrase. Yep. And so... 
all the scouts around the table are eating cereal while he performs. And then we see another dad dressed up like, is this sort of like... He's sort of doing like dress up, like fantasy dress up with what yeah. looks like his daughters. Yeah, and they're all like kind of hiding. Wizards and crowns. Are and they things. wizardy? Okay, yeah, gotcha. I was sort of. Who... I see a wand. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I was going to go with, and I'm blanking on who who steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Robin Hood. I was thinking it was Robin Hoodie. No, I think this is more like not. Lord of the Rings. I see, but uh, a couple of kids under the table with dad kind of hiding behind the tablecloth and uh, just kind of playing dress him up. And then we see um, a dude out in space, I guess, doing some sort of a spacewalk for some reason. And is it the same dad in every case? Uh, you'd have to tell no, me. No, I think that. quite different. Yeah, yeah quite different. Different dads. In fact, I don't even know if the final guy is a dad. He's out in space by himself. He's a space man. Let's find out. Or is he a space daddy? And we'll find out. (laughs) Nutty Almond Scoops to energize the troops. Scouts, head to your boats and bring your honey bunches of oats. Breakfast time with Dad. These crunchy flakes are rad. One breakfast is up for boats. It's honey bunches of oats. Do you have any idea what they said? No. <laughs> I don't want to make fun they of They really kids. needed to make them do another take on or, that. Or, or, or maybe, ADR it or something. Maybe some, some subtitles. No shame in subtitles. This time with Dad. These crunchy flakes are rad. One breakfast is up for both. It's honey bunches of loaves. I'm hungry here in space. Lost my crispy honey flakes. Oh, there they float. My sweet honey bunches of oats. And at the end, it says rhymes with delicious. I'm a little confused. It seems like we have a theme, right? Mm -hmm. They always say dads work best in threes. So the first one, like you have a parental sort of figure with the scout. Right. Then you have a dad dad of all. Yeah, you're right. And then then you have a dad under the table. Then why make them all dudes? And why? Like, why make all the adult? Why not have like the, the astronaut be a woman? Okay, <laughs> okay, now I get it. Yeah, no. come on, it's not science fiction, Andrew. Um, <laughs> no, but for real. Like, no, but why I, not? I think what even more so than having all men as the spokesper- spokespeople, but like, it's a, it feels like a strange departure to have an adult who's kind of like positioning this with as, as being something for children or mm-hmm. with his children or some children anyway. Yeah. To then go to someone in space, it just feels like a random choice to put the one in space. Put him out in weird. space, yeah. And if it's not all like kind of dad centric, as I remembered it when I was presenting it, you could easily make any of these characters a woman. You can make the scout leader sure. a woman. You can make the parent a woman. You can make the space person well, a woman. But, but they're all like these men of the same age. And which the is first like, two scenarios are very relatable, right? Like yeah. you, everyone can imagine being a parent on a like leading a field trip or a mm-hmm. parent or a person leading a field trip an adult leading a field trip or a parent um had doing dress up with his kids but like you can't actually eat cereal in space so it just feels mm-hmm. like you take these two albeit you know um like there's sort of there's like kind of a wes anderson quality to the scenery of the first two. Oh, you're right yeah um where it's like a little bit fantastic or a little bit um a little bit stylized, but it's cute and it's relatable. And then it's just like, I just feel like they gave up. They're like, I don't know. Space. Space. That's the final frontier. Yeah, I'm a little confused that... Um, like, make the third one be somebody, you know, um, like, you know, something else that kids and kids and adults do together, right? Like, sitting at a, 
like at an amusement park or something. I was wondering if maybe like the Rhymes with Delicious campaign, if there were more installments, but I'm not really seeing that here. I'm on a website called Ad Forum. I will say that Argonaut is the the agency that made that. He, by the way, I'm on their, uh, I'm on like kind of their, on the agency's site now looking at their um, philosophy and about page. And it says way back in, since opening our doors back in 2013, I guess it doesn't say way back, but like back in 2013, sort of exaggerates how long ago 2013 is. I and feel a decade like. is a decade. A decade's a I, haven't, decade. I haven't run a business for a decade. All right. I don't know if this show's any good, but let me play one more commercial for you. I'm a little self-conscious. They all do rhyme, right? Except for this last one, but it's based on nursery rhymes. This is This is a commercial, Genevieve that is trying to sell you on the idea of advertising on television. Okay. It's by a company called Thinkbox, and I think it's relatively new. Yes, it was posted by Thinkbox TV um, to their own YouTube page a mere four months ago, and I think it's a pretty clever concept. Now, this is this one does this will be the last one we play in this segment, and it doesn't have the same format of everything else I played for you today that leans heavily on rhyme within the commercial. Instead, the premise is we are it, it is sort of revealed maybe a third of the way in, but I'll just reveal it now. We are meeting a lawyer. I think I wrote down his name. Michael Goose is his name. And um, he is a lawyer with Happily Ever After Law Associates. Okay. And their whole thing is he and they represent nursery rhyme characters. Kind of an Into the Woods uh, uh, take. Maybe. Maybe I- less dark. I don't know. I've never seen Into the Woods. I thought it was, is, I've actually never either, but uh, I thought it, that's Stephen Sondheim, right? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. I Let's don't know. drop it. Okay. <laughs> abort. 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 Um, anyway, this is a full minute long commercial and it's, I, I hope that you'll be able to follow along. It moves quickly even seeing the visuals, so I'll do my best to describe it here, but you see him talking to a client at first, and I think you even hear him refer to the first client as itty, or maybe itty bitty or something like that, and you realize he's talking to the itty bitty spider, who's sitting in a chair across from him, and it's sort of a reveal, because it looks like he's talking to an empty chair, but then the camera pans down, and it's sort of a a, a puppet-stylized spider. Um, And then I think the next person you hear him talking to is... um, Humpty Dumpty. You see mm-hmm. this sort of, again, kind of a crude puppet of a broken up egg, right? And he's talking about what these uh, clients' options are as far as the law is concerned. We've got a strong case here, Mr. Wincy. You haven't just been washed out. You've been rinsed. So, Wincy. I got. The, I totally got that wrong, but it's uh, the... Is it Wincy the Incy Wincy spider? It sounds like he says Wincy here. Well, is it Incy Wincy? Incy Wincy. Okay, sorry. He's I always said strong... Incy Bitsy growing up. Did you? Okay, yeah. yeah. I wonder if maybe, and this guy sounds a little British. Maybe that's part of it. We've got a strong case here, Mr. Wincy. You haven't just been washed out. You've been rinsed. <laughs> number one, there should have been a handrail. And number two, who sends horses to repair an eggshell? I've specialised in nursery rhyme law since college, but business didn't really take off until I made a TV ad. Now he turns on a TV behind him and we're about to see part of his TV ad. Whether you live in a swamp or live in a shoe, we offer no win, no fee representation for you. Because nothing rhymes with injustice. Now business is booming. We're even opening a second branch. 
over the rainbow. Uh, we've got the wee willy winky witnesses waiting in reception. Reception? Just give me two minutes. Daisy, now be honest with me. How high were you when you jumped over the moon? <laughs> now, there's a bunch of little Easter eggs in here, too. You see somebody throwing down a case file, and it says, uh, abducted spoon, I believe, or something along the lines of that. The, yeah, you and see... the dish ran away with the spoon. Yes. Rise. It says, TV advertising works wonders. That's Think fun. Box. There's a lot to that one. It's yeah. like, it's, it's worth watching more than once. Right, yeah. There's a lot of visual jokes. I did my best to describe it here, but there's a million little visual jokes. There's, I see at one point on his desk, we see like a newspaper clipping from an earlier case file. It says, Jack and Jill twins win all all, all grins <laughs> all grin jack and jill twins win all grins um you see uh, a goose giving him his diploma on stage in some sort of a, a photograph as he uh was graduating i guess anyway um I it wanna, is, he's got a bunch of things on his wall i want to read all of them yeah let's see can we zoom in enhance enhance you can't diddle a fiddle <laughs> uh and then there's a bunch of uh, yeah there are a bunch of clippings e -I -E -I oh no <laughs> i didn't even know there it is yeah and then he's got a bunch of uh, clippings and, uh, and I love like uh, the, the like New York Post style headlines yeah. he's got framed. Anyway, that's a really fun commercial, right? I do like it. Yeah, yeah, it makes me want to advertise. It's quite a it's quite a um, production, really for uh, for ThinkBox. It is. Have I, you ever heard of ThinkBox? No. I assume it's a British company based Seems on like the, it, the yeah. ads or the the accents in that ad. But anyway, without further ado, everybody, uh, can I ask you to stand up and please welcome the return of "With Love from Me to YouTube." All right, this is the segment where I play for you commercials that I have unearthed on some random VHS tape um, that I acquire at random garage sales around town. Did I say random too many times there? Um, I told you that this is a commercial starring tennis star Andre Agassi, who is, this is again, like mid-90s, and so he's like a... Um, and it's for the Canon Rebel, yeah. right? Yeah, I actually remember him being the spokesman. Yeah, and it was like he kind of became like this fashion icon, yes. sort of. And he there. was a sex symbol. Yes, and 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 very much a rebel, right? Which is why, like, or, or like I think kind of like the the bad boy of tennis, sort right. of. No, yeah, I think that's fair to say. And so it made sense to team up with the Canon Rebel. I was doing a little bit of research, and there's a, a 30 second commercial that I think. Um, was more even iconic of the time. And this is part of the same campaign. This is a shorter commercial, 15 seconder, and it's called Change. And it's really focusing on the idea that this is the type of camera where you can change the lens. You know, I don't know if it's technically an SLR camera, but I assume it is. Um, and he's, you know, people are changing the lens on this camera. Now, this begins with a, you know, somewhat tight shot of Andre Agassi dressed with his Young long Agassi could get hair. it. I mean, kind of a, definitely a bold look right he's got really long hair i mean the style is hilarious he's, obviously I but mean, he's handsome in the face area yeah he's he has a little bit of a luke wilson vibe if sort you of, took yeah. off some of some of these clothes I mean, which i'm sure many honestly people would luke like wilson wishes um but uh he's got like he's like power clashing all over the place he's got a loud headband on and some sort yeah, of did jacket he invent power swirls. clashing maybe i'm not sure if so i need a word but he says something at the beginning here he says 
hey, could you use a change or something like that? And then we see another fella who is about his age. And this fella, I just can't figure out what the point is. Is this okay. the other guy famous in his own way? I'll tell you why you're going to laugh at me. I told you you're going to laugh at me out of the room. is Because the first time I watched this, I thought, oh, is this Andre Agassi like a parallel universe Andre Agassi? But today I looked at it much closer, and they look nothing, nothing alike. I mean, you couldn't recreate this guy's hairline because clearly – there's something going on with the hair here. You have Agassi with long, flowing, full head of hair. Yeah. And then we see this Make other guy who's around his age, but he's got male pattern baldness. Okay. For days, right? He's kind of got the the face, the shape of Ohio, sort of. You know, he's got. Can like I just the... watch this thing because yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like I, we're getting farther away from it. But the thing is, like, the guy who he's talking to, who kind of gestures towards his own balding head and says something like, I guess I could use a change. He's not like a stereotypical dweeb or a middle-aged dad type. He's got like earrings in his ears and like he's kind of flashing some sort of style himself, I guess, if you consider earrings to be style. And I just can't figure out if this is supposed to be a famous person, if I'm missing the joke. Why, if they're going to go for like dweeb, why would you go with this guy. I don't get it. Can I interest you in a change of pace? Change? Change! change. Lens on your rebel. Change. change! Play on a whole new level. Rebel! I like change. EOS lenses and the Rebel X from Canon. So... You see the guy with male pattern baldness, and then you just see a montage of a bunch of shots, probably taken with this camera, of Andre Agassi hitting tennis balls around town and yeah. looking super cool. And then at the very end, we see the balding guy again, and he says, yeah, I could use some change, and he touches his hair. Like, yeah. he's self-conscious about it. But it seems like, what? who is this guy? I mean, if he is somebody famous, I don't recognize him. Is he another tennis player? And that's what I was going to say. If it's a tennis reference, I just don't know. I just don't know it. And I can't read the description on YouTube because I posted you, it. You posted it. I know. And I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's Ouroboros. But like you would just think like this guy definitely is a dorky looking guy, sort of. But I don't – he's not a stereotypical dork. He's got what I think to be pretty tragic facial hair. He's got kind of like a the, the mustache and just beard around the Van Dyke, the, the, the Van Dyke situation. Yeah. But he's got like, you know, relatively big earrings in both ears. He's – you know, you, you would think that if the whole point is like, look at this nerd, you'd give him a pocket protector mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like – I can't. There's something going on with this commercial that I cannot figure out. You may be overthinking it. I think it might just be as simple as he wishes he had a luxurious mane like Andre Agassi. You know what else I'm noticing here? We see two quick shots of Mystery Man, right? One at the very beginning and then one at the very end. And even though you only see mostly his shoulders and a little bit of his sleeves, he's clearly wearing a very different shirt in each shot. Has time passed for this mystery man? I mean, I guess, like, he went and changed his shirt while the montage was happening. But the, but the shirt is, like, so it's not, like, again, a huge factor in the commercial. I'm only noticing now, having watched it a thousand times, and now I'm, I'm, I'm pausing. <laughs> having zapruded the shit out of this. It's just... All right, here's what I will do. I will post as the show pick his face. Um, yes. And you, the ad council, please go take a look. It'll be in your, um, depending on what app you use to listen to podcasts, it'll probably also be there. Tell us if we're just missing who the who this is because we don't know tennis or we don't know something else. Like, he doesn't look familiar to me, but like what I don't know about 90s tennis stars is a lot. Yeah. 
So if he's some tennis guy that I'm just not getting, um, that that's possible. I, I think that it's it's very possible. This is just a sort of poorly constructed commercial in which this guy is being held up as a foil to Andre Agassi's like flowing locks and sexiness. Why they cast him and why they change his shirt halfway through the 15 second commercial. I'm saying it's poorly constructed. But it's but even it, if he is famous, that's no, there's no reason for but that. But like the changing of the shirt adds production. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's I said not poorly, even, not, it's not, not, not even minimally. Yeah. I said poorly. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. We got an email from listener Carol who included several commercials that she finds confusing, including this one for Wells Fargo. (laughs) Why did you say it like that? uh, I don't know, because I'm like thinking and talking at the same time. Anyway, the commercial is called Vinyl, and it features Regina King. And Regina King is in a record store, right? And she's actually buying a vinyl record, thus the commercial being called Vinyl. Um, And she takes the record apparently back home, and then she's sort of dancing with it in her in her like living room or something. She's dancing to the record that she bought. Um, there's like a super, super hipster looking person who sells Regina King the the record in the shop. Um, and Carol says, it took me about 20 views to even get what was going on in this Wells Fargo card commercial because many of the elements seem off. Now, I didn't find it quite as confusing, um, but I'd like to know your take on this, Genevieve, and then Carol will sort of itemize afterwards what Carol finds confusing about this so this starts in a very hip looking record shop where she's actually buying vinyl records the wells fargo active cash card earn two percent cash back on what you want like a vintage turntable so you can get back into vinyl nice choice so it looks like I guess I had one thing wrong there. Regina's not just buying the the record right. that the cashier says nice choice about, but also buying the actual turntable to go along with it, right? Yep. Um, next thing you know, uh, Regina King is back home uh, playing this record on the new record player. Can get back into oh, vinyl. Nice choice. If you and two percent cash back on what you need. Like a new needle for your record player. Drop the rain from pouring down. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life record. So you just sort of see Regina King kind of watering her plants and dancing um, to this music. And then the record sort of scratches for a second, but then it writes itself for yeah. whatever magical reason. Um, and then Regina King notices that there's like, is there somebody delivering a package outside no, I think of her big it's that bay she has a, she, Oh, it's oh, a gardener. No, no, I'm sorry. You're right. I think maybe it is a package delivery Let's person. Let's take a look again. Yeah, it's a package delivery person dropping something off. But this person sees Regina Regina King dancing, so they have a little moment where they both dance on both sides of the it's window. It's very cute, it's actually. It's super cute. Yes, I mean, you... Regina King could, like, you know, do her taxes, and I'd be like, it's so cute. And the and the person outside, the person that starts kind of dancing with her through the window, kind of, she's also super 
cool yeah. slash cute like sort of starts doing this dance like kind of like specifically like, looking at like, Regina come on, and, come, on come on let's yeah. dance let's do this because it kind of goes from a moment of oh I was caught dancing in my home by this delivery person but now the delivery person's like no like basically if I can put words in her mouth you go girl let's do this um, so here are the things that Carol says why is Regina King dancing with the person outside why does the needle skipping suddenly seem to self correct after it was called out okay let's take these one by one even though I listed two. The person dancing outside, I think it's just cute, it's right? Just a, it's just, it's, it's just, like a moment of her saying, it's just a moment, right? Did, of you, her saying, oh, I got caught. Oh, that's okay, though. We can all dance and not be ashamed. Yeah, haven't we all had the, an occasional moment with the stranger where we uh, we share a little experience where, we, where we're, we're sharing something even though we don't know each other we may never even talk, but like we laugh, we, we see something that makes us both laugh and we laugh at it or we catch each other dancing you know moving our head to the same song yeah. or something like that like i felt felt very human to me and they and they're both charming and super women, charming just yeah. very charming women and like um I like. I just like seeing it. Yeah, I actually see. This is the thing about this, and like you know, we, we can all like different things, but I actually really like this commercial. Carol says, "Why does the needle skipping suddenly seem to self-correct after it was called out?" I think that's just sort of a. I mean, re- that happens with record players, right? It's been a long time. I mean, if you need a new, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, it, a little bit of a joggle, a little, it'll, bit, yeah, it'll jump sometimes. So whatever, but I think that's just sort of like kind of commercial magic, like whatever yeah. it writes itself so she can keep dancing. And this says, and the voiceover person. Too young, perhaps, doesn't seem to understand that a turntable is the same thing as a record player. So many questions. That, and I'm going to play this whole thing all the way through. I do not understand why Carol thinks the voiceover person doesn't know that a record player and a turntable are the same thing. Are there any indicators of that in this voiceover? Because I watched it a few times and I just cannot figure that out. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Card. Earn 2% cash back on what you want. Like a vintage turntable. Okay, so okay. we're still in the record store, and the voiceover person says, like a vintage turntable, clearly. And and uh, Regina kind of taps it. She's like, kind of happy yeah. to, to have found this thing. So you can get back into oh, vinyl. Nice choice. So you can get back into vinyl. So clearly the voiceover person knows that this is for playing vinyl. Now we're back home. And 2% cash back on what you need. Like a new needle for your record player. And she just bought this record player, a.k.a. the turntable. Yeah, I'm really... And the needle is a little jank. Wonky. Yeah, I don't understand why... What what is in that voiceover that makes Carol think that the voiceover artist is confused about record player being interchangeable with turntable? But um, anyway, I'm not sure. But Carol, if we misunderstood your question or if we misunderstood what you were asking about the uh, the commercial, let us know. But I will say um, thank you for bringing that to my attention because while that commercial clearly kind of frustrates you because you don't think it makes sense... Which I dig. I mean, good Lord, listen to me in the, the Canon Rebel commercial. Um, I actually appreciate you bringing this to my attention because I actually find that moment where they start dancing together um, really delights me. I think it's just like they both pull it off really well. I she think. does. Regina King is doing so many great ads for it. I didn't. I, I was trying to look while we were doing this. She. I wonder if Wells Fargo Visa got bought out by some other credit card because she does a couple of ads for uh. credit cards, including the one where she gets locked out of her house. Oh, right. And then she just like she's in her like pajama pants, basically. Right. But she luckily has her card on her phone with her. So she goes on a, on a little shopping, shopping spree. spree. And she of course, she's in her kind of like her very street weary or pajamas that also kind of look good yeah. on the street. She doesn't look like Regina obscene King, or anything. Right. <laughs> um, and then she goes and she buys some nice 
outfits or whatever yeah. and then like kind of goes around the town but and... she just has like i just love honestly i love watching regina shop yeah yeah i know i would just wa- make me a show where regina king just sh- buys fun things i will not belabor the setup of this we talked about this in last week's show but there was a butterfinger commercial that I-, I found delightful last week that i think that you didn't really kind of like as much but uh it's a couple the fella is wearing all beige and it says peanut butter on his shirt um his uh, wife or partner uh, is wearing a darker brown outfit all monochrome her shirt says chocolate across the front of it they're clearly getting couples counseling because while the peanut butter husband is still very the peanut in, butter husband the peanut butter husband uh, is still very I love that novel into the relationship the chocolate wife is the chocolate <laughs> wife that's the sequel and the sequel the chocolate, the wife. chocolate wife doesn't that sound like a richard ford book or something <laughs> the peanut butter husband <laughs> it really does <laughs> like peanut butter husbands for chocolate wives um, uh, and then so and she's clearly bored in the relationship they're talking to this therapist this couple's therapist who says maybe it's time for something new in your relationship and then some wacky guy who's dressed up in a butterfinger shiny tracksuit uh, pops up behind the therapist's chair and wiggles his way and truly wiggles his way between the couple and starts heavily physically flirting for lack of a better word with the wife who is all for it and the husband is kind of trying to be open and keeping up but uh, Butterfinger and the chocolate wife do not need Mr. Peanut Butter anymore. (laughs) Mr. Peanut Butter. (laughs) Let's see if we get the audio going here. So tell me about your relationship. Well we're perfect together. Peanut butter and chocolate. Nut button choco. Don't do that. He says when something's good why change it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) What if you were to try something different? (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's Mr. Butterfinger. I'm sorry, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's a whole new way to love peanut butter and chocolate. Smooth and crunchy Butterfinger peanut butter cups. Oh, man! <laughs> Let's go the other way. Oh, I'm good. Nestle, good food, good life. Boy, Nestle really going for the cuck? Uh, yeah, really, yeah. There definitely. it is. Yes. <laughs> It is still, Nestle it is still peanut shocking. butter cucks. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, listener Brian said the therapist from the Butterfinger commercial ad will always be the guy from Herman's Head. Herman's to me. Head. Did you watch nice, that? Hell yeah, I did. So do you recognize who he is from Herman's Head? I don't. I believe so. I had, I did not watch a lot of Herman's Head. Like was Yardley Smith was one of the yes people. Uh, She's probably the only one I would be able to pick out of a She was not in the head, I don't think. I think she worked with Herman in real life. She was like the receptionist at his workplace. I know this because I I skimmed through the pilot episode mm-hmm. today, which gave me major Kevin should fuck himself or Kevin can fuck himself vibes. Oh, yeah. Because like it's so like the it seems like the main person in the biggest character inside of Herman's head is a very Kevin Jamesy type of big, bold, horny personality right. who only sees women it's, as like sexual And it's so objects. reductive like the, that that's yeah. like, that if you that if you wake a man up in the middle of the night, his like most base personality is this guy, right? Exactly. Because Herman, the character, is more normal, but the premise is that like, really his his id is this. And like right. every man's id is this. And of course, I mean, the, the show, I mean, if you wanted to defend it, it would say, well, that's part of his personality and the whole thing, it's balanced by the woman in there well, who's the Well, let me tell you something, Andrew. One. I don't want to defend it. <laughs> and, and then you have the genius in his head who's the intellect. That's, that's who the this is. Ah, yeah. Okay. And then some like kind of nerdy prudish guy in his head. I 
watch the first one, but it's all about like whether or not he's going to get laid and does he do yeah, the right thing like, and so the hottie. Boring. And it's just like, it's, I'm just really, you know, that, that, that trope, especially back then of just like every, you know, the pilot episode has to be like, um, is he going to get, is he going to get laid? I was going to say that in a cruder way. I don't need to, but um, it's just, it's, it's just kind of gross. And I, I was looking for a clip to pull, but like the clips of what's going on inside of his head, at least in this one episode I could find, they're just like so short and not super fulfilling audio for us. But yeah. um, anyway, good eye to Brian. I will yes. say I saw, I saw a meme today on Instagram that was like a little cartoon of, like or, or or like some whatever some image of somebody like looking like a like they were doing some sleuthing and it was like me proving on the internet proving that the person who had one line in an episode of Seinfeld was also the person who had uh you know one line four years later in an episode of you know uh, like everybody loves Raymond uh-huh. and then realizing that there's no way to monetize this skill. Yeah, right. I thought it was it also the gif of Charlie Day with all the lines. On it the wasn't, board. but it might as well. Yeah, have been. Yeah. Right. I feel like you're that person. I am that person. Yeah. And I'll, and I like it, it. That's why I remembered it. It really spoke to me. <laughs> you're the human IMDB, as I've often introduced Indeed. you. You asked me to stop doing that. You can sell anything. Ad counselors, I need your help. Tell me what's going on in this (laughs) Rebel X Andre Agassi commercial. Feel free to say nothing. The guy with earrings has to be somebody. I don't know. Why did they change his shirt? Why did they change his shirt? But who is he? The changing of the shirt... You're willing to let nobody's that go. Gonna be able, well, nobody's going to have the answer to that unless you worked on that commercial. Um, but is the guy somebody? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't feel. I, I agree. It's like Why a poor. It's a poorly constructed ad, but it was also a different time, and it may have been that for a moment in time, like the way they're presenting this guy is like what they thought it would be like if you had a illusory foil to Andre yeah. Agassi, or just Agassi. a norm. Maybe not. As yeah, just a normie. Just a yeah. normie. Anyway, could really use your help. We will post that photo everywhere. We will print it out. We will yeah. staple it to telephone we'll poles, to telephone poles, all around uh, the greater Seattle Have you area. Seen this man? If you are in Tacoma and would like to be part of our street team of <laughs> stapling this up all around, we'll post Tacoma. the flyer to the Facebook group, and you can print it out. <laughs> Have you seen this? Man? Have you seen this man on a tennis court? Uh, <laughs> join the fun at the Facebook group. Just look for After These Messages podcast on Facebook. Sorry about the uh, spammer who was on there earlier today. Oh yeah, Genevieve we we, blo- we blocked that him person on or there. them. Um, it probably. We do have a YouTube page where I upload these wackadoo commercials, um, including that Andre Agassi one. You can look for it there. Look for After These Messages podcast on YouTube. The podcast is very important in that context. Uh, you can email us any thoughts you had on today's show after these messages show at gmail.com after these messages show at gmail.com and please call our voicemail line sing a little jingle sing a little song uh, leave a voicemail do a little dance make a little love Mm, let's leave well, that off. Let's leave that off just, of the voicemail. Maybe just leave that off let's the voicemail. Leave that off the voicemail. But certainly, any uh, anything that you'd like to participate in or comment on, we'd love to hear your voice. 607-444-5597. Thank you all. Talk to you next week. Rest in peace, Should have rhymed. Reese's nieces, rest with me. Next to me is a table with empties.